Hello and welcome to My Soul Delights with Eileen O'Driscoll and Joyce and Joy. My Soul Delights is a program of faith in which we explore various faith topics and also include some intermittent short reflective features for your own quiet time and prayer. In My Soul Delights we are exploring the beauty of our Christian faith and the way in which God's love reaches out to each one of us in a deep and personal way to restore our hearts and to renew this world. In this episode of My Soul Delights, we are going to share with you on the theme Being a Child of God, God's Protection, the Gift of Wonder, and also some thoughts on the life of St. Teresa of Calcutta, also known as Mother Teresa. But just before we begin, uh, we invite you to join us in prayer and we will share with you a short reflection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The reflection I'm going to share with you is called Wonder, Awe and Beauty. Wonder and awe are two of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These two gifts increase our appreciation for the beauty that surrounds us in all of God's creation. Beauty, in turn, also increases our wonder and awe leading us out of ourselves and lifting our spirits high. In creation, we see the intelligent designs of the mind of our creator, the detailed petal of a flower to the vastness of the ocean and the scale of the universe. Yet in the smallest detail of creation, we can imagine the fingerprint of God. For every time we feel amazed at the beauty that surrounds us, God, in his all-knowing wisdom, has relished that moment from eternity. As we delight in his beauty, he delights in us. He who knows the complex details of all of creation knows every little detail of your life and of your heart. May you have peace then, resting in the beauty of God, ultimately carrying you deeper into his heart. In this episode, we are going to look at what it means to be a child of God, um, just to begin with, um, how to entrust ourselves to God, and as well, a part of being a child of God is cultivating and fostering that innate sense of wonder that is given to the human soul and which in a way is so prevalent 
particularly in childhood and uh, we see this in children with their natural sense of curiosity, their questions and wonder at the world around them. But sometimes as we move on into adulthood, we notice that we can somehow lose some of that sense of wonder. And yet wonder is one of the essential foods of the soul, something that is so important uh, to cultivate and to keep alive. And it is also a gift from God as well. Um, but just before we look into that more, um, I will pass over to Joy, who might like to share some opening thoughts as well. Thank you, Eileen, and uh, thanks to all our listeners for your support and prayers. And we have a wonderful theme here to reflect on in this episode about being a child of God and the beauty that brings to the soul because the soul is always willing to be united with God. And for that, then Jesus said, be like a little child and the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. It shows the importance of being a child of God and being that little nature of that little child enables us to enter the kingdom of God. So there's a prayer here. It's dedicated in the book called uh, My Simple Prayer Book, especially focused for children. And this prayer is dedicated for families. Prayer for my family. Lord, bless our family, all of us now together those far away, all who are gone back to you. May we know joy, may we bear our sorrows in patience. Let love guide our understanding of each other. Let us be grateful to each other. O family of Jesus, watch over our family. Amen. So like this, now we ponder more in this episode and see the beauty of being a child of God and more examples and uh, testimonies and quotes. As always, Eileen. Amen. Thank you very much for sharing that joy. That is lovely. And um, as we said at the beginning as well, um, about entrusting ourselves to God as children of God, that's that's one of the essential parts of recognizing that we are a child of God, is then to entrust ourselves to him, to his love, to his healing, to his forgiveness, and to his protection as well. And so just on that note, I would like to share with you a psalm. It's called Psalm 121. And in some ways, maybe it could be described as a psalm that really emphasizes God's protection as well. And so I would like to share that with you now. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you, and the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This is a lovely psalm, and I must say I especially uh, love that line where it says, He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. 
And of course, in this context, Israel referring to the people of God, um, but also to all the people of God, all God's uh, disciples. And I just think it's a beautiful line, uh, just even thinking with the mind of a child, you know, how does God never sleep or what is he up to all the time if he doesn't sleep? But I think it's it's a way of capturing uh, the imagination to emphasize that God's protection is real and that his protection is with us all the time as a parent, like a parent or um, especially a, a loving God, a loving father who watches over us. And especially as well, that line, he will watch over your coming and going uh, both now and forevermore. So I might pass over to you now, Jai. Brilliant. Thanks for sharing that. It's a beautiful Psalm in Psalm 121. And uh, I, it reminds always uh, of Psalm 91 as well because of the, the connection they share. Uh, as we see in Psalm 121, as you highlighted there, it says, He neither sleeps nor slumbers, the guardian of Israel. And then the next verse, it comes in different versions. Yahweh is your guardian, your shade, Yahweh at your right hand. And if we go across to Psalm 91, and it also highlights that you who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, say to the Lord, my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust, he will rescue you from the fowler's snare, from the destroying plague. He will shelter you with his pinions, and under his wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a protecting shield. And it goes on like that. So it's a wonderful prayer again, a psalm. And as always, as we know, they help us to express our joys and worries, our gratitude and our love for God. Jesus prayed using the psalms, and it increases the need and uh, importance why then we should also pray. So this is the way we follow as Jesus prayed and as a blessed mother would have prayed in Psalms as well. We see here then the importance of surrendering to God and becoming a child of God. We pray to our Father as Jesus prayed. And this Psalm 91 again emphasizes that it will be a protecting shield and God will protect us and his people. As you highlighted, his people, Israel means people of God. And there is another Psalm also, another beautiful piece, Psalm 22. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me to revive my drooping spirit. He guides me along the right path. He is true to his name. Indeed, and it goes on. So that's another beautiful piece there. So it's all bringing us together, reminding us assuring and reassuring once again that we are children of God. God is always protecting us. He's making every effort to comfort us, protect us, ultimately to save us. And the mission given to Jesus was to redeem us. So that's that's the whole idea of all these things captured in Psalms to re-emphasize that uh, mission and that we relive those moments of assuring uh, God's promise which was foretold by uh, our ancestors. And then we reassure that to the next generation, pass it on through the family system. So, over to you, Aileen. Great. Thank you, Joy. Yes, the Psalms are very comforting. And I suppose they just use um, often very uh, imaginative images in how they describe God, the nature of God, 
Um, but often, like in these uh, selected Psalms uh, that we're sharing in this episode, also God's protection. And I think um, that helps us to visualize more how we can be really like children of God. And even Jesus spoke to that, let the little children come to me. And also uh, that other lovely quote from the Gospels, to be like a child in order to enter into the kingdom of God, uh, that childlike quality and um, a, a term which some saints refer to as uh, like a, a spiritual childhood, um, that mm-hmm. spirituality of a child in the sense of entrusting ourselves to God trusting in his protection and also uh, not being afraid to invoke his protection um just in the way we can invoke the name of jesus the most powerful name the name above all names uh, for protection is the shortest sweetest prayer uh, the name of jesus so it's in the same sense uh, we invoking uh, god's protection as well and those psalms help us to i suppose maybe cultivate that more too um, but I would also like to share with you here a lovely poem I found at one point, and it's called I Am a Child of God. And uh, while it's uh, very appropriate for young people and children, um, I think it's also nice uh, for us as well to remind ourselves uh, of that simplicity of a child. So I would just like to share that with you now. I am a child of God forever in his keeps, his eye on the sparrow, because he never sleeps. I am a child of God, the Bible tells me so, and I truly need him, in him I must grow. I am a child of God, trusting on in faith, my confidence in him, sufficient is his grace. I am a child of God, in his debt raised. I walk not in darkness, I have the light of day. I am a child of God, before time began, and all the glory goes to God's begotten Son. I am a God's child of royal birth, my Father is King of heaven and earth. All who see Christ, none will he cast out, His word is faithful, trust and have no doubt. Uh, So it's a lovely poem on being a child of God, as much relevant to each of us as it is to young children and um, uh, beautiful images there. But um, uh, also, I suppose it reminds us to to keep that sense of wonder, uh, which I shared at the beginning. Um, wonder being one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and wonder being something which enables us to keep going on our search with that sense of wonder. Uh, it speaks to the, the soul's essence. And of course, we know, uh, particularly within our Christian faith, that we recognize that there is that dimension uh, within our soul. It's like, you know, like a God shaped void and uh it, it kind of spurs us on in our search in life and it keeps us searching until indeed we find God um, only is he enough to fulfill it. And wonder is a, a crucial ingredient in that search because it's wonder that keeps us searching. It keeps us thirsting for more and 
it also takes us beyond ourselves um, with the recognition that there must be something greater than us um, out there as well. And even just the wonder of uh, the beauty of nature as well uh, can also bring a great sense of relief even from present preoccupations. Uh, that sense of wonder at something or amazement, even if it's only for a moment, but it can bring a great um, balm to the soul in a way that uh, we can recognize God in that moment. It's like a gift of him from that moment uh, to just uh, be in his presence and maybe just give us that glimpse or hope of eternity in that moment as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And a unique piece about uh, or unique observation about this uh, poem, the I am a child of God, is it emphasizes the importance of being a child of God. At the same time, each line begins with I am, which also reminds me of God's promise and presence equally. You know, God's promise and presence, especially when he emphasized his name, that is I am who I am uh, to Moses in the wilderness. You see, uh, it gave him, it gave Moses that comfort that he was looking for, because he was handed in a massive mission, but then he couldn't he couldn't take it up, and then God revealed Himself and He told him, "I am who I am, and then I will go with you," and that the mighty army or mighty power of this world can't stand or stop you. So there is another Sam here just to contextualize. Uh, with today's episode that Psalm 8 highlights in this context. It goes like this. How great is your name, O Lord our God, through all the earth. Your majesty is praised above the heavens, on the lips of children and of babies. You have found praise to foil your enemy, to silence the foe and the rebel. When I see the heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars which you arranged, what is man that you should keep him in mind, mortal man that you care for him? Yet you have made him little less than a god. With glory and honor you crowned him, gave him power over the works of your hand, put all things under his feet. And it goes on, finishes finally. How great is your name, O Lord, our God, through all the earth. There is this wonder and awe here, and there is the need for God's protection, constant protection, and the way he guides us through everything. And we being the least among his angels and saints and the whole lot up high above, yet he gave us the maximum. He, he made man in charge, mankind in charge of all other creation we see here in this world has been handed in to Adam and Eve. And he asked them to take care of the rest. So we see all of that together in this Psalm. Psalm 80 is another beauty. It highlights the beauty and the greatness of God's name. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Joy. The lovely imagery in the Psalm just reminded me again of, you know, the vastness of the universe that's placed at our disposal. Um, you know, we can't even count the billions of stars and uh, the numerous galaxies that are out there. And yet we see like all the complex designs and laws of nature that just keep everything flowing from one day to the next. And I suppose that just reminds us that if God can keep all this complex uh, life in motion, 
how much more then will he know the very detail of our hearts you know like any complexities we encounter uh, he's going to know even greater the detail of our heart and is going to be able to work through all that in our own life as well and just uh, while I'm sharing on that thought as well I came across a nice quote by a lady called Angela Morgan and uh, she wrote God when you chiseled a raindrop how did you think of a stem bearing a lovely satin leaf to hold the tiny gem uh, so again just capturing that imagination of God and the wonder and I think sometimes when we ponder on these things it, it can also help reassure us that if God was able to provide so much in abundance for humanity uh, this great gift of creation that he he placed before humanity well then that's a sign to us how much God wants to provide of his providence in our own lives and I think a nice example of that, uh, which we will share with you, is St. Teresa of Calcutta and that which her life reveals so much of God's providence as well and the love of God. So um, it will be nice to share some thoughts on her with you uh, now as well. So, Joy, maybe you would like to start off with some uh, thoughts from your side on the life of uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, also famously known as Mother Teresa. Sure, indeed. Uh, thanks for that particular testimony here about St. Teresa of Calcutta and the way she inspired so many souls and uh, transformed uh, a nation and the whole rest of the world uh, through charity and all other activities that uh, she undertook in terms of reaching out to the poor irrespective of their religious uh, national and cultural difference she reached out to the whole lot uh, to serve jesus you know and she experienced that special motherhood like a blessed mother uh, every time when she saw someone who was suffering uh, she saw jesus in them and in the way then she reached out and she served and she gave them shelter or food or protection or medical uh, support it's it's in a way kind of motherhood that she underwent and uh, i would like to reflect on the words of pope saint john paul ii in particular context that uh, from his homily during uh, blessed mother teresa's uh, beatification at that point in time uh, she's saint teresa now um, so these are his words as you did to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me matthew 25 verse 40. this gospel passage so crucial in understanding Mother Teresa's service to the poor was the basis of our faith-filled conviction that in touching the broken bodies of the poor, she was touching the body of Christ. It was to Jesus himself, hidden under this distressing disguise of the poorest of the poor, that our service was directed. Mother Teresa highlights the deepest meaning of service, an act of love done to the hungry, thirsty, strangers, naked, sick, prisoners. Matthew 25, 34-36 It's done to Jesus himself. Recognizing him, she ministered to him with a wholehearted devotion, expressing the delicacy of her spousal love. Thus, in total gift of herself to God and neighbor, Mother Teresa found her greatest fulfillment and lived the noblest qualities of her femininity. She wanted to be a sign of God's love, God's presence, and God's compassion, and so remind all of the value and dignity of each of God's children, created to love and be loved. 
Thus was Mother Teresa bringing souls to God and God to souls and satiating Christ's thirst, especially for those most in need, those whose vision of God had been dimmed by suffering and pain. And then finally concluded Virgin Mary, Virgin Mary, Queen of all the saints, help us to be gentle and humble of heart like this fearless messenger of love. Help us to serve every person we meet with joy and a smile. Help us to be missionaries of Christ, our peace and our hope. Amen. So this piece captures very nicely, uh, but very long service from centuries of Calcutta, but he captured it so nicely in a short paragraph here, uh, which emphasizes our call as well for each one of us and the famous words from her own reflection that our vocation and uh, the way she experienced a call within a call and all of that is so so inspiring but she paid a huge price for that including her own health and everything that followed but we see then uh, one thing jp2 emphasized here is you know the presence of god and bringing people of god to god and then god to people and ultimately this is the same thing jesus asked us to do you know when he asked us to love god and love our neighbor uh, he, he knew that this is what will happen and that's exactly what we saw here and uh, we are going to see and reflect more in this episode about saint Teresa's journey you know over to you Aileen. thank you joy yes and um you mentioned there her call within a call and interestingly this happened when she was about 36 years of age uh, because before this moment, of course, Mother Teresa was a sister with the Thoreshul sisters and uh, she had made a journey to Ireland as well at one stage and mm-hmm. uh, to learn English and had visited Dublin and she later uh, visited Dublin again. Uh, but her call within a call when while she was in the community in India, uh, she goes on a retreat and she goes to a place called uh, Darjeeling. While she's going there, she has to take a train, and uh, this train was sometimes called the Thai train. So I don't know, Joy, you may be familiar already with this, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it's referred to as the Thai train because of the twists and turns and the heights at which the train went um, up the mountain, which from, I suppose, a greater distance, it looked almost like a Thai train. <laughs> Uh, but it's while she's on this trip, uh, she's going on retreat uh, that she experiences this mystical grace, uh, which is called the call within a call in which she feels called by Jesus uh, to quench his thirst, to quench his thirst for love of souls, because that's not something we always think about. Um, you know, sometimes we're more focused on our own thirst for love and maybe sometimes don't realize that uh, Jesus himself, God himself, thirsts to be loved as well and uh, this this was not only something uh, revealed to mother Teresa, but even uh, saint augustine centuries before that also had quite a well-known quote saying god thirsts to be thirsted for and uh, this in a in a very very realistic and profound way is revealed to the heart of mother Teresa in such a way that it could only be described as a form of mystical experience that she had, a mystical grace. And so in that moment, she realized God's call to her to, to quench that thirst for love in the poor. So she's quenching uh, God's thirst to be loved by the poor, by those who don't know him, and also their thirst to be loved by someone 
as well and ultimately to bring them that love of God. It's such a profound experience that completely transforms her heart. So from that moment, then uh, she begins her next journey, uh, which is to found her own order, the Missionaries of Charity. And uh, she's almost 40 then at this stage when she sets out on this journey. And she sets out with very little, uh, basically nothing else to find a new shelter, a new place where she can begin this order. Of course, she has to get approval. You know, it's completely dependent on God's providence in a country that she probably knows very little about at this stage. Um, the languages, uh, dialects, uh, you know, we can't imagine what a, a change this must be setting out on her own. But she is so convinced of this call. And um, of course, it rings true then as we later see in the way that she interacted with the poor and uh, setting up a school for orphan children and um, the home for the dying as well. And one of the other beautiful things is that she was often uh, depicted holding a child in her arms, uh, conveying that love of God to children as well, especially children who had never experienced that love before. And even to people who were dying, people uh, who had been left alone. And she has a really lovely quote uh, where she says, I am a little pencil in the hand of a loving God who is sending a love letter to the world. And I think that just captures in essence really what she tried to do and maybe the witness that God is calling each of us to as well. So, um, Joy, you probably have more thoughts on that as well. Sure, sure, definitely. Uh she shared that kind of love in in the fullest way because uh, you know at the time we could see nearly uh, a version of what jesus would have requested uh, we saw uh, blessed mother teresa's or now saint mother teresa's works in a, in a visual display so it was like it was easy for the rest of us who were living in that part of the world to connect and understand uh, gospel more clearly oh so this is what jesus said actually here we see a person who's doing that and implementing that in uh, in a real way in the society in a foreign land that she reached out to and in a place where it's not that friendly for a christian outreach which is the case even today that we see you know majority of the population belongs to a different religion but then we see how the holy spirit then with all the trust and uh, the total surrender that we can uh, give uh, our mission in the hands of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then takes the lead and goes forward and brings that to the fruition. We see the act of uh, Jesus in reaching out to those people and they witnessed, they encountered Christ for the first time. And like, so likewise, no, that's the same thing now when we say yes to God's plan, when we reach out, when we become His hands, and his heart, then people around us, others, outsiders, they all have a possibility of encountering Jesus, you know. And she was a great ambassador for peace as well. So as, as we know, she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. And uh, it's amazing how she highlighted the words of uh, St. Francis of Assisi as well over there, which is a very remarkable speech. And she also emphasized the importance of protecting uh, child and especially babies in the womb 
you know, uh, so a very, very high level uh, witness that she proclaimed in uh, in those days, especially when she was receiving the Nobel Peace Prize and she emphasized the need uh, for protecting babies because uh, God said, you know, she, she even quoted that, you know, God said, God himself said, you know, even if a mother forgets the baby, I won't. I've carved you in the palm of my hand, he said. So that's exactly what she quoted after receiving this Peace Prize, you know, and it talks about why uh, she was chosen despite being so, so a uh, religious person, uh, a secular organization choosing a person like Mother Teresa, St. Teresa, uh, for this prize. It talks about itself, uh, self-explanatory for the work she did and the way she suffered and sacrificed her entire life uh, to share that love of Christ and the way to reach out and to save souls and to bring them back to be it, uh, to give them shelter or be it for medical reasons. But she reached out and what we see is, is an amazing testimony for Christian faith, you know. Absolutely, yes. Thanks, Joy. And um, as you were saying that there as well, she was very much respected by uh, people of all religions in India as well, uh, wasn't she? Yes, indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You will see her photo even now in different locations in houses all the way from uh, all the way from homeless state to all the way to the millionaires and billionaires whoever that may be there are different kinds of people who follow her who appreciate her work and who uh, venerate her and the way that soul lived that life you know so that is that is always there and it, it, it's not limited to christians but it's beyond and that's that's a full flowering of a mustard seed that jesus was talking about you know absolutely yes and um a lovely author on the life of uh, Mother Teresa as well is a man called Joseph Langford, and he helped her found the Missionaries of Charity Fathers. Joseph Langford himself was from America, but was very profoundly touched by the life of Mother Teresa that was uh, portrayed in a film that he saw and uh, was just very moved by her. And eventually he got to meet her himself and uh, visited her. Um, she was living in Calcutta and uh, eventually uh, got to know more about her spirituality and especially that I thirst spirituality and uh, had some beautiful deep insights into her spirituality and certainly tried to live that himself. But in speaking about her life in, um, in a book that he wrote called uh, Mother Teresa's Secret Fire, he speaks about God being the author of all and uh, God being the author of all that is good as well. And uh, so he relates this to her life, but also as a truth um, in life in general for each of us. And he says, God, the Father, is the source of all authority in heaven and earth. But he says that this authority is not one that is uh, a commanding authority, but it's the authority of one who blesses, who forgives and loves only God has the ultimate power to completely forgive all, absolve all. Um, and also he says that he has that incredible authority to affirm as well. And this uh, affirmation is what Mother Teresa gave to those whom she loved. She affirmed their dignity. She affirmed the respect that they uh, deserved. And she affirmed them in love as well, that they were loved 
if they even if they hadn't experienced this already that they were affirmed in their suffering and in their pain and as a human being that that they are um loved as well and it's very beautiful because he says god having this ultimate authority to affirm no one has the level of authority to affirm as he does and he quotes that lovely line from genesis after god had created everything god saw all that he had made and indeed it was very good uh, that it's an affirmation of God speaking his goodness into the world. And uh, just along that line, Stu, I'd like to share with you just another quote from him. And it's a very beautiful one, but it's in relation to uh, the Father's abundance, uh, God's abundance. He speaks here about the Father's abundance, and it's a very beautiful quote. So I would like to share that with you now as well. Witness the glory and abundance of his creation, the untold billions of galaxies that we will never know, nor ever traverse. Strung across the universe, we can only observe from distances that stagger the imagination. As the doted on children of a great and benevolent king, God our Father has placed more gifts and goodness more power and protection at our disposal than we will ever need or ever know. So in itself, really, the quote is so beautiful. I think it speaks volumes on its own. Definitely. It's amazing how uh, she surrendered completely, you know. And uh, she also said once, uh, give yourself fully to God and then he will use you to accomplish great things on the condition that you believe much more in his love than in your own weakness. And also she highlighted, as we know, she said, uh, God did not ask me to be successful, but to be faithful. So we say all these things she implemented and the way she gradually shared that uh, best practice and faith with others in the congregation. And then they emerged as uh, the greatest charities uh, in the world, you know, even today. It shows the depth in which she went in, you know, through silence. We did a prayer uh, as a continuous practice. And then the fruit of prayer increases our faith and sustains our faith. And then we see the fruit of faith then ultimately generates love, more and more love. And the fruit of love then leads to service. And the fruit of service ultimately brings us that peace that, yes, I accomplished. Uh, what Jesus asked me to do, you know, so that's the kind of uh, fulfillment that the soul uh, ultimately aims for, you know, not the global wealth uh, or not even the place in the official list, in the canonization list. It's only partial what we see in the list, but there are so many souls out there uh, fulfilling these and the requests of Jesus and the way Jesus lived and the way Blessed Mother lived following in their footsteps then. Uh, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, we see so many souls doing this on a daily basis and uh, ultimately uh, fulfilling this and passing the same message, you know. And uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta did that in in her time, you know. Uh, thank you very much for that. And yes, and she's a, a good intercessor as well. Of course, you can pray uh, for her prayers for us too. So thank you, Joy, for, for sharing that. 
And so on that note, on being a child of God, we pray for that continued grace, for that continued uh, gift of wonder, especially through the intercession of the Holy Spirit, uh, trust in God's own uh, tenderness of heart as well. And so we do hope that you enjoy this episode of My Soul Delights. And of course, we look forward to sharing with you again soon. God bless you. God bless you.